good. Thank you to who? What are you planning I don't know. No. Well, we're on this microphone show, so so that was a plan. Um, then probably after this, we gotta get ready for me and Alyssa have to get ready for RCIA. Hi, this is Alyssa, and I am looking at Cure and the Parrotfish. I have to spend time. He's been take. He okay. Technically, is like testing, testing. Go. One, two, three, four, five. So, Lissa, what what was your last night routine? My last night routine? Yes. What did you do last night? Watched a movie with Lily. I was asleep. Yeah. Have you? I heard you both seen trolls, and I have not. Right? Yes. Yes, that is right. So, <laughs> how was the movie? Yes. Yes. Okay. Emma Short see Troll. Yeah. Yeah. Did you make it? Order in the court. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, there's a. I yeah. want to see yes. trolls again. Hey, hey, I Lily. I want to see. I want to see. I want to see. I want to see it. Well, hey, I want to see <laughs> trolls again. Okay. I'm going to let you. Um, hello. 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 Look. Hello. Hello. Here's this fish. Care. Hello, Emma. Care. It's so loud. <laughs> I don't so know why man. it's so loud. That's just a ransom. Yeah. You guys yeah. stop so talking. Here is so You're creepy. In the microphone. So- Welcome to this week's edition to Pajangers and Wallhangers. I am Chris Bristow. I am Jim Leighton. Alright, let's get right down to it. So, I love the Eagles, but... <laughs> I'm beginning to not be able to stand the Eagles, to be quite honest with you. Uh, it just seems like they, they hit the proverbial Monopoly board and went to jail and rolled doubles too many times. <laughs> do not pass go. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. See, I think there's a lot of problems with this team, but it all comes down to discipline. I mean, it's a rookie head coach, rookie quarterback, a lot of young guys on the team. and You know, the older players aren't stepping up. They just have things to say after the fact. They don't show things on the field. They don't, you know, lead by example, anything like that. Uh, I'm, I'm in full agreement with that. But look what they, you know, this is just reminiscent of what they did to McNabb. When he first came in, how many times did we have to deal with, you know, subpar receivers, subpar running backs? I mean, 
you know, we had a couple flashes in the pan, but, you know, as far as in those positions, but nothing that was, you know, outstanding. We, well, it was only till we got T.O. that we went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, we made the NFC Championships and we made the playoffs, but, you know, it was only, you know. It wasn't all T.O., though, man. I mean, they, they won all their playoff games without him. So he didn't come back until I, the Super Bowl. So I they, agree they, with they that. Did it in spite of him instead of with him. Now, he had a great performance in the Super Bowl. But, you know, the McNabb situation was kind of different. You know, nobody wanted him in the city. You know, everybody mm-hmm. wanted Ricky Williams. Yep. He got booed out of the building. And McNabb turned out to be, you know, a really good quarterback. In one, the of the, one of the best ones that Philly's ever had. Probably the best that Philly's ever had up to this point. But, you know, the difference with Carson Wentz, everybody wanted him. Everybody wanted to see him right away. Well, the problem is they started off 3-0, and and everybody forgot that this kid was a rookie. He was playing out of his mind. But – the way that the defenses were scheming for him was different. You know, they were playing a lot of zone coverage when, you know, you, I could throw complete passes against the zone all the time once they realized that he had nobody to throw to. My thing with that is, is that it's just like everything else. They didn't have any film on him. And what the film they did have was in college, and you can't use college film yeah. in the NFL. Also, to go back to that, you know, having no film on him, he has never experienced adversity in his entire career. He, this is, this is he's lost true. more games this year than he has in his entire college career. So now, granted, he did miss an entire year due to injury, but you know, I, I think the kid's coming along. He's he's hit the rookie wall, but you know, he has nobody to throw to. His offensive line's been decimated. The defense, and Jim Schwartz said it too. You know, they're playing awful. Like they they're in a slump. They had the last three games. They have been playing subpar to say the least. I wouldn't even give him that much. So, I mean, it's it's a team effort. It's not like it's one person. It's not like it's just Wentz. It's not like it's just the receivers. But, you know, like I said, you have a rookie head coach who, you know, has, has been there before and has seen, you know, all this stuff happening. He was the guy that started before McNabb came in. So he understands that, you know, Certain things have to happen. There are certain progressions that have to happen. There are certain plateaus that, you know, these guys need to get to. And, you know, unfortunately, they hit that wall, and they hit it hard. And right now, there's no recovering from it. it there's nothing in sight. So what do you think the Eagles will be able to do now as far as uh, do, can they, do they have the possibility of winning all their games? Yes, they have the possibility of winning. Yeah, any given Sunday. Any given Sunday. But realistically... I mean, I always saw this team as eight and eight to begin with. I I was screaming six and ten. Like I I said before, I had no expectations coming into this this season. You know, if they would have had Bradford in there, okay, you have a veteran quarterback who you know can complete some passes, who's very accurate, knows how to run an offense. And if you would have had that defense playing at the level they were playing at the beginning of the season, they might be you know in the conversation for the playoffs. But right now. I don't. They lose out. Right now, at this point, I don't. I don't even want them to make the playoffs. No, I, I, really I don't, don't. I don't want them to make the playoffs either. Now, I wish that I was saying that with the possibility of them having their own draft pick. But you know, the worse they do, the better pick that Cleveland gets from them. So it doesn't really do anything for them to lose out on purpose. But at this point, you know, their their other rounds will be better picks and. I don't know. There's just a lot that goes into it, you know, through an NFL season, and you just hope that these guys can recover and it doesn't, 
damage their psyche too much. But at this point, lose. Lose. Let, let these guys know how bad it is to lose. You know, once they know how bad it is to lose, maybe they won't want that feeling anymore. And, you know. Make winning so much sweeter. Yeah. Plus, they have guys that they need to get rid of. Like, Leotis McKelvin's got to go. Yes. Got to go. Like, he's old and he's over the hill. He might make a play here and there. And you're like, oh, cool, great. Nice job, Leotis. But as many times as he gets burnt, I don't even want him on my team anymore. But yeah, that pass in the, in the Packers game that went right past him, and he was right there. They're, they have a lot of holes to fill, and I think first round they're going to go cornerback. Um, I think they might try to solidify the receiver position through free agency. There's rumors of Sean Jackson coming back. He'll be good just for a year. If he's even good for that. I mean, he's not doing anything with the Redskins, and Kirk Cousins has been playing out of his mind. But even he can't get Deshaun Jackson the ball because he <laughs> lost a step. So yeah. as much as it would be great to have him back, I would much rather have Macklin back. I think Macklin was the more productive of the two. The other thing is Macklin wasn't on the field all that often because he was hurt. So, But he's, he's a rock star at Cleveland now. I mean, uh, Macklin? I mean, yeah. Oh, okay. Not Cleveland, I, uh, Kansas City. Kansas City, yeah. He's playing well. I mean, that whole team's playing well. That's That's one of the toughest divisions in football right now with the Broncos, the Chiefs, and the Raiders all playing ridiculous football. Did you see the statement that, uh, like, Jimmy Johnson, former Dallas Cowboy coach, said about Andy Reid on NFL Football Sunday? No, I didn't see it. Yeah, they said that he has to be probably one of the best head coaches that doesn't get enough respect. I've been saying that. I never had a problem with Andy Reid. Now, towards the end of his tenure here, was I saying – Maybe time was up. Maybe he's run his course. Maybe these guys aren't listening to him. Yeah. But he also had a lot of things happen, like with his son passing and, you know, other situations with his kids and stuff with the media and Howard Eskin not liking him, stuff like that. But other than that. Yeah, but that's Howard Eskin. We don't, <laughs> nobody likes, <laughs> nobody <Eskin>. likes Howard. <laughs> but at the same time, Andy Reid is a really good coach. Look at his win-loss record over his career. Look at his playoff record. You know, the only games that he really lost to the playoffs for the most part were the NFC Championship game. <laughs> yeah, and one Super Bowl. Yeah, one Super Bowl. So, I mean, I always liked Andy. I always liked the way that he went to bat for his players. His schemes sometimes bother me because he didn't run the ball enough, and you're starting to see the same thing from Doug Peterson, who is his offensive coordinator. Exactly. Now, it wasn't just his offensive coordinator. He's been his butt buddy forever. He brought him over when he – when Andy came here to be the head coach, he brought Doug Peterson, who was the backup to Favre, brought him over to be the starting quarterback for Air Parent, Donovan McNabb. They knew what they wanted to do immediately. They knew they were taking a quarterback with that second pick. Later was McNabb, and t- not Tim Couch, and not Achilles Smith or any of those, or Kate, <laughs> Kate McNown. You know, i.e. people who are no longer in the league. Yeah, but I, I like Andy Reid. I think he's... He's a hell of a, a ball coach. He knows how to get the best out of his players. And the best thing he ever did when he was here was hire Jim Johnson as his defensive coordinator. I think the shit hit the fan once he passed. Once, oh, yeah. Once he died, they threw McDermott to the Wolves. They only gave him one year, and then he was gone. Then that whole rigmarole with uh, Juan Castillo, former yeah. offensive line coach, going to coach the defense and being the defensive coordinator at that that whole situation was just trash, and I almost wish that Jim Johnson never died, 
not to say that he wouldn't be in his 80s at this point and not coaching anymore, but, you know, a lot of things would have been different. He, uh, Jim Johnson, that 60 or 70 percent, can't beat any defense. Well, he can, uh, beat, he can beat any defense oh, yeah. at 100 percent. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But that that's when, when things started really to go downhill for them, and it's a shame. It really is. Cause and then we had Chip Kelly. Well, that was just a – a shot in the dark, a, a total, you know, 180 from where you were, bringing in a guy that was unknown other than in the college ranks just to see what he could do here. He's another Steve Sparrier. He's another Steve Sparrier. Look, look at his team now in San Francisco. Those guys refuse to play for him. Refuse to play for him. Can't say I blame him. But, you know, Chip Kelly's a whole other story. I, I do like Doug Peterson as a coach. I think that he could do something. But personnel has to be different. Like, they need to pick up the guys that they need that fit this scheme. You know, the Doriel Green Beckhams of the world can, you know, go somewhere. You know, give me guys that – give me guys like Heinz Ward, you know, from Pittsburgh. Guys that go out there and he'll block when it was a run and play. And he'll, you know, stretch out for a pass. And he'll give everything that he has. Maybe not the most talented guy in the world, but somebody that will play – he made it work. But play 60 minutes every time he's out there. Give me a team of those guys. Give me a whole wide receiver core of that. Give me guys like Brent Selleck. Brent Selleck does not get enough. Um, he doesn't get enough credit. No, I, not I at say all. That. Not at all. He went from being one of the primary pass catchers for the Eagles for a long time to now basically he's relegated to a, a sixth offensive lineman. He's a blocker all the time. So Cut, Well, we need it. They don't give him. They don't give it to him. Even when he's, whenever he's in the game, you know they're going to run the ball. If they're going to pass the ball, Ertz is in the game and Burton's in the game. Like I, that's, I, I never, I didn't understand the re-signing of him. I was glad they did it. I didn't understand it because you have these other pass-catching tight ends. Now that I see that he's just a blocker, and they still have trouble blocking. That's <laughs> it, it's just too many things that are going yeah, the stuff, on. The, the the offensive line where they're getting penetrated that is right right down the gut. Well, Jason Kelsey's too small. I said that when he came into the league, you know, the schemes that they were running when he was a rookie in the first and second year, he was a Pro Bowl caliber player because he was able to get out on those pulls and those trap plays and get to the edge because he has the speed. Yep. But you put him up against a guy that's over 300 pounds, like a Fletcher Cox-type defensive tackle, he gets manhandled, literally manhandled. And, you know, Brooks is a decent guard, but that other left – the left guard, you know, Alan Barber was in there, and now he's playing right tackle for Vitae, and then they put Wisniewski in there, and he held his own for a game. But, yeah, everything starts with the center. I, I played center in high school, so I know, you know, everything goes from the middle out. Center makes all the calls. You know, if, you, if you're getting penetrated right at the gut, the same thing that applies to everything else, the shortest distance from point A to point B is a straight line. Yep. Well, the quarterback lines up right behind the center. Yeah. So if if the, if the center's getting pushed back into the quarterback, that's the shortest distance, and it's going to screw up every play there has been forever. Unless we're going to have Wentz and shotgun formation pretty he, much every time. He prefers to be under center. He's one of those kids that, you know, growing up, he was handing the ball off from under center when he was in high school, and then eventually they realize, hey, this kid could throw. We have some receivers. Let him throw the ball. But he still likes being under center. He feels like he gets a better feel for the game. He can see more. He doesn't like being that far back. He would rather be there. That gives him more escape. Yeah, he has more vision. Yeah. And he, he's a really smart kid. Really is. Like a straight-A student. You know, 
how that translates to football IQ, you know, time will tell. Sometimes he makes really good decisions. Other times he makes terrible decisions. But well, I mean, you you seen like the the last couple plays, he's he's eyeing his receivers a little too much, and I think that's just trying to go to his hot routes too quickly. I think he's going through his progressions the way he should, but he has no confidence in these guys. So he's like, all right, well, you suck. All right, you also suck. All right, I might be able to complete a pass to you, so I'm going to throw it to you now. But everybody knows Jordan Matthews is in the game. He's a number one read. Zach yep. Ertz is in the game. He's 1A. You know, Then those little screen passes, the sprolls, and the little dump-offs and stuff like that. I have no faith in Doriel Green-Beckham. I like what I saw out of Paul Turner. He had, what, 80 yards on five catches, something like that? Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's good production from a slot receiver. Problem is, Jordan Matthews is the slot receiver. So when he's healthy, how do you – Where does Turner do you, sit? Yeah, yeah, how do you balance and, and that Bryce out? And where is he going to sit? Treggs, Treggs is nothing but a burner. He's not going to be a guy that's going to have, you know, a 1,000 yards in a season. He's the type of guy where you're going to see, you know, a 60-yard pass here and there. Yeah, we need we need a red zone threat though. That deep speed. Well, that's threat. what that's what DGB is supposed to be. You want you talk about a red zone threat. You want a guy who's six five, two hundred something pounds, and can go up and get the ball, which is what he's supposed to do. Which is what your tight ends are supposed to do, and they don't have it. Zach Ertz is scared to get hit. It was most evident in the last game when he was afraid to block somebody, as they as they keep calling it in the the papers, a business decision by <laughs> by not laying out a block for Carson Wentz. But, you know, you'd think being a tight end or a receiver or something like that, you would want to block for your quarterback to keep him upright. That way he can get you the ball, and that way you can get those stats and you can make the money. It's all it's all a chain of progression. And these guys, they just don't want to play. It's like they've already given up, and it's it's kind of pathetic to see. I hate to, I, I hate to see the psychology side for, for Carson. I really do because he's going through it. He doesn't get blocks, you know. And the blocks, the the only real people that are blocking in the backfield for him is Sproles. Yeah, the smallest guy on the, <laughs> the team. The smallest guy on the team, and he puts his body out there. And they like, don't, they don't have a true fullback on the team. So I mean, whatever running back is in there needs. I to mean, be I able see him by. dive sideways just to cover a guy, and he blocked him. Now that takes him out for the rest of the play, but he got right back up. He he's one of those guys that will give you everything he has, and you got to respect that. You know, I, I played with guys that were, you know, the smallest guys in the field, but they had the biggest hearts, and you saw it on every play because they went out and they smacked somebody in the mouth. And I like that. I like the fact that you're willing to put your body on the line because, hey, it's football. It's not, you know, baseball. Yeah. Okay, you get some collisions at the plate. You get guys running into the, the wall out there. Football, you're getting hit every play, no matter what position you are, with the exception of quarterback. They're getting hit more and more now. But every play, offensive line. Well, are correct. Hit. Our quarterbacks hit. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. But it's you know, like I said, it comes down to discipline, and it's it's unfortunate that these guys lost it. Like they had it in the beginning of the year, they had that winning feeling, and you know, they they won the first seven games that they all played together. So they went undefeated in the preseason. They won those first three games. So they didn't understand what losing was until they lost that first game to Dallas. Yeah. So and then you see what kind of team Dallas can be, even though. We hung in there with them. We were right there with them till the end yeah, of that game. Well, I, I will wholeheartedly say we are our own worst enemy. I mean, that, that goes without question. Very true. There's only been a couple games this year that we really haven't been in, especially this, this last one, like the Cincinnati game. They were even in it towards the end. They, they came back and they scored another touchdown. They made it, you know, they looked better on the 
so we're better on the scoreboard. But you know, if if a couple balls would have bounced our way, like the defense got a turnover late in the game, if, if they could have capitalized on that, it could have uh, been a little different. But we made we made Andy Dalton look like Tom Brady. Andy Dalton's not a bad quarterback. He's, he's not, not Tom Brady. He's not Tom Brady, but, but we made him look like Tom Brady. He's not Tom Three, Brady, but he's also 300, not. 350-plus yards. Yeah. You know. But you'll see that out of him every once in a while. Now, without A.G. Green, that was pretty impressive. Yes. Now, the other guys he has on that team, I think that kid, Taj Boyd, or, yeah, he's going to be a hell of a receiver. I liked him. I liked him when he was coming out, and Eagles bypassed him. They bypass a lot of talent, especially at the skill positions. I've noticed that over the years. Like the year they, they drafted L.J. Smith, they could have Jason Witten. You know, there's it's, it's just little things like that where you're like, yeah. what if, like things that could have been. But you can't live with what ifs. You just got to, you know, keep looking at what they have and move forward. And All right. Rest of the season, what do you think? What's, what's going to be the tally? I think they can beat the Redskins. See, the thing is, they're all at home. The rest of the games are at home and are division games. So... Division games are always hard to judge, but I, I, they, may, they might just split. They might split the last few games, and you know they'll finish you know right around five hundred, and everybody will say, "Oh, well, you know it was a decent season considering what it was supposed to be." No, you could have been a contender. You really could have on a uh, on a storybook ending. So if Giants and Redskins lose their their last couple games, and the and Dallas, you know Dallas can win for a long time. We have to win out in order to even be in the conversation. That there's no question so, about that. All the other teams in our conference have to lose. <laughs> Except for Dallas can win. They can stay the one seed. As long as we get to the fifth seed, then we're good. Because well, then we don't have to play the one seed. Well, yeah. Actually, you know what? If I had to, if it had to come down, I'd rather see Dallas in the playoffs. I know. I would rather see them in the NFC can- championship game. Stick it to them really. Well, that would be nice, too. But, you know, be like, ha, ha. Yeah, there's a tea bag for you going to the Super Bowl. Well, when you wake up from that dream, you know. I said, I said, I said, storybook. <laughs> yeah, all right. That's that's not even storybook. That's like prom night. You you've got the prom queen, and you're <laughs> you're the captain of the football team, and you rode up in a, you know, big ass stretch limo. That's what that. That's where you're at with that. But that's not. It's not going to happen. They're they're an average team with, at best. Yeah. Stretch limo with both of the, uh, you know, the United States and Confederate flag on both sides <laughs> going down. <laughs> Is that Trump's limo? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, it's. I don't want to say it's a loss. The great, greatest stretch limo of all time. <laughs> I know it is because it's mine. I own it. But, uh, you know, it's, <laughs> it's huge. It's huge. Um. You know, I, t- I don't want to say it's a lost season because you have a lot of young guys. You got to see where you're at. You got to see who's worth re-signing. You know, who's in your plans for the future. You might end up realizing, hey, you need a whole new receiving core. You might realize Lane Johnson isn't in your plans. Like, there's a lot of things that could happen this off season. I'm glad Howie's not doing it alone. He has a guy that's helping him out with personnel because there's a lot of decisions going to have to be made. I don't even know if you bring Cheese Daniel back next. I mean, yeah. I know that's that's Doug's boy, but I don't I don't know what service he or what purpose he serves. Yeah, I don't see him being a pivotal part of Carson's growth at all. It's a lot of money. Yeah, it's a lot of money for a backup quarterback. Money that can be better spent elsewhere on this team because there's a lot of holes. But I don't know. That's I always like to say it's, it's as the Eagles turn, but Philadelphia as a whole has not had much 
to really cheer for as far as sports goes. Maybe the Flyers, they've won six straight at this point. But other than that, there's nothing really to get too excited about because there's nothing in the near future that's going to be. So speaking of the Flyers, and we'll, we'll, we'll go to the Sixers as well, you know, that whole issue with the, uh, the heat coming in oh, and geez. the – the fog on the ice. I mean, <laughs> Somebody forgot to turn the air conditioner and then, on. And then, uh, <laughs> and then the Sixers can't play because the ice underneath and the heat in the building. You know, you'd think you would at least plan for that, but you well, know, it's it's happened more often than you probably realize. Throughout well, the I week. remember, I, I remember, you know, I've I've seen stories and news uh, news footage of the Flyers playing in a fog mm-hmm. game. I mean, that, yeah. to me, that, that just, that's awesome. It happened a few years back down in uh, Florida, Florida Panthers. Happened a few years, uh, who else was it? Might have been Anaheim. Some of the places that have more heat, if you forget to turn that air conditioner on, all you're going to get is all this fog. <laughs> now, Philadelphia has had some really crazy weather lately with the heat and humidity and the rain and stuff like that. But, you know, something like that, it's not the worst thing in the world. It was an accident. I hope the guy didn't lose his job over that. I mean, that's Philadelphia weather is mostly uh, as, has the same temperament of my exes. So, <laughs> If you're listening, he never loved you. <laughs> <laughs> you know this to be true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's things that happen. It's human error. It happens in everyday life. Yeah. You know, I make food for a living. If if I forget to put tomatoes on somebody's salad and they really wanted tomatoes, they'll come back and tell me I screwed up. It's not the end of the world. It's not the end of the world for me or the customer. So, but something like that, I think that the Sixers organization went about it the wrong way. Like, the people for, who are they playing? Uh, Sacramento King, Kings? Kings, yes. Sacramento Kings. The people in the booth for the Kings, the announce, like the radio and television announcers knew a half hour before they even told the people in the building that the game was done, that the game was called. So that's a problem right there. Now, I'm sure it's not a communication problem. It's probably hey, let's milk these assholes for as much as they can, as much as we can while they're still here. Yep. Make them spend 60 bucks on food. Tell them, oh, we'll, we'll reimburse you for the tickets or we'll give you tickets to the next game or whatever, something like that. That's all well and good, but People are going to see this kid in B play. Yeah. That is the main reason people are going to these games. And you don't know what when he's playing night in and night out. You don't. You don't. I mean, they, they upped his minutes from 24 to 28. What would he do? Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, I remember. Minute per quarter. How many guys back in the day would come off of injuries and they played? They played. What, yeah, D-Wade? Not even, not even that. I'm going back further. Like, you guys played on sprained ankles. Guys played with broken fingers. You see guys, even now, like LeBron James and those guys, Rip Hamilton, wearing face masks with broken eye sockets and broken noses, still going out there and balling. I understand that this kid is an investment and you want to see him succeed and become something in, over time, but you don't know what you have if he's not on the court. And every time he's on, he's on averaging almost a point a minute. So imagine if he's playing 40-something minutes a game. You know, you start winning. You start winning because Just maybe, yeah. And I don't know. It's it's very difficult for me to sit there and, and believe that they're making all the right choices. As much as I want to, 
because their track record speaks for themselves. Sixers' ownership is horrible, and that's best-case scenario. Yeah, the, so, well, Sixers' ownership uh, owns the Jersey Devils, so that's all I really have to say about that. Well, <laughs> they put their practice facility in Camden. I heard that they were looking to even, possibly even move the Sixers. I don't know. I, I'd hate to see that happen because... The history. Not, well, not only that, but they're not the 76ers anymore if you take them out of Philadelphia. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's like when they moved the uh, the Jazz from New Orleans to this, uh, Salt Lake City. Like, there's no Jazz in Salt Lake City. The Jazz was from New Orleans. Like, the... The Los Angeles Lakers were once the Minneapolis Lakers, which made sense because Minnesota has great lakes. Yes. L.A. does not. L.A. has smog. <laughs> so. Smog that moves faster than the taxis. <laughs> <laughs> it was it Alec Baldwin's uh, speech combined with uh, the sm- smug? Smug. <laughs> God. All right, so I have to... Uh, before I start on the hot button topics, I just want to. Um, my cousin Law uh, passed away because he committed suicide. Oh man! Uh, and then uh, a week from no, well, right before Thanksgiving, we had uh, you know our our family dog passed away. And then uh, seeing all this stuff on the news, like the one part was the plane crash of the Colombian soccer team. Seventy-one people. Passed there were away. survivors. Yeah, I'm. How? I don't know. It's insane. It is. I mean, that's unfortunately that's the world we live in. Everybody's grieving, you know, for one thing or another. And really sorry for your losses, and your family. I mean, that's it's tough. I've I've dealt with it myself for years. Everybody I know seems to know somebody that passed away within the last week and it's right around the holidays I mean I feel bad for um, I feel bad for my, for my cousin I mean she's definitely going through it I'm sure and uh, I mean it happened right in the backyard I mean that's that's a safe haven this is like and she has your home and the kids were there that's crazy I don't know like I mean I, I, kudos to my to my other two cousins uh, and, and they a landscaper right away to kind of take out the the yard that was affected. Right, right. But uh, but you know to have that the day right before Thanksgiving to have that happen that's crazy. They, they say Thanksgiving and Christmas are some of the most depressing times of the year for some people because you know money comes into play or they don't see their family as much as they would like to or they don't feel adequate. And it's rough. It's rough. I mean, I've unfortunately known too many people that have committed suicide. And I've never once thought, hey, this is really bad. I can't do this anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, I can't wrap my head around it. It's just, you know, it's, it's one too of those much things. to fathom. You know, it's for it to be, I mean, you must have been suffering internally for quite some time to, to, to consider that That's as an option. That's not a spur-of-the-moment thing. That's not something that you just, you know, you thought about it. You've made the decision a long time ago that if X, Y, Z happens, this is what you're doing. And 
you know, so I'm going to put it out there, like, you know, for, you know, talk to your parents, talk to your, talk to your friends, talk to your family. If there's anything that you need, you know, reach out, you know, to suicide prevention hotline. Somebody. Reach out to somebody. It doesn't matter, if, you know, they, and they, they also say that, you know, studies say that if you have an animal, even just talking to an animal, cat, pet, uh, dog, bird, even plants, plants fish, if you even if talking to an animal can can improve your mood about 10-20% better than what it was. It's just getting things off your chest. You know, it's it's the fact that, that you're saying them, and then after they're said, that moment that clicks in your head that they're real. Well, not even that they're real, but you, you, you realize that did I just say that? Did those words come out of my mouth? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that real something, moment, something clicks. Yeah, that's that's uh, what they call a moment of clarity, and a lot of people need those moments, and not enough get them for the whatever aha, reason. The aha epiphany moment. Yes, yeah, yeah, that light bulb that goes on. I unfortunately not long ago I had a friend that committed suicide, and um, she had dealt with it for years. I mean, I remember when we were younger, her mom did it, and then her cousin did it. Yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't like this was something that was new to her or something that she had never seen before, and she still decided to take that route. Yeah. Can we tell you who I met? Who, who do we meet? What are you still doing? What am I still doing here? I'm always here. We're both doing a podcast, and that's what this is recording. Nice. No, no, we yeah, allow we like special guests. We allow special guests and interruptions, so we won't say any names. She I can cut this out, then. so you are fine. You can speak no matter what. Call Did me. he tell you who I met? No, I didn't tell him. Tell him. Tell him. Rick Flair. Rick Flair. And I told Woo! Him. I was so excited. Uh, he's going to be in town next week. Is he going to be uh, WWE Raw? I'm I'll going. be there. You're going to roll? I am. Nice. So am I. <laughs> I knew I, 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 I liked you. <laughs> uh, this is my first wrestling event ever, but I will be there. You're going to have a blast. That's You're going to have a blast. keeps telling me. Have you seen it on, on TV? Oh, yeah. Okay, I watched so, wrestling when I was a little girl. So it's a little bit different. Wonder that's Flair what he wanted. Yeah, so that's why I was so excited when I saw Ric Flair. So in it'll the bar be different because what, what the commentators say, you don't hear. Mm-hmm. So you have to. So I have to do my own commentary? In your head, Maybe. You can, if you know the, the, the general storyline, mm-hmm. you can get a gist of what they're saying already. And I do, because my son is like. I hope I'll be like, oh, this person beef with this person. And oh, well, it was so funny because we sent him a picture from Key West, and he. When we called him the next day, he said to me, he's like, did you tell him his daughter stinks? And was like, and I'm like, oh, no, that's not exactly what you do when you meet somebody, <laughs> no, dear. No. But he, like, started because he knows all the storylines. So he was like, that did you tell him his daughter stinks? And I'm really glad to bump, 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 And I'm like, no, honey, but. Um. Sasha Banks better. Oh, yeah, that's, oh, <laughs> like, he just completely went with it. That's the podcast that we're doing. Well, it's called Projangers. Okay. And this is on. iTunes and SoundCloud. So if you have an Android device, you can go to SoundCloud.com and sign up for a free account and subscribe mm-hmm. and play back. And then if you need to, if you have an Apple device, you can go to iTunes and just search for it under podcasts for genders and more. Interesting. Okay. Well, I will let you get back to your podcast, but I haven't seen you since I met Rick Flair, and I was all excited when I met Rick Flair. <laughs> I didn't forget to tell you. I meant to tell you, and then it just slipped my mind. Are we 
it's okay. Because, like I said, I, didn't, I, I want. I, didn't like, beat him. I wasn't that excited. I was excited. For I you. was super excited <laughs> because, like I said, I've watched wrestling since I was a little girl. So I watched it when he was in his glory. A buddy of mine, uh, Kurt Angle, was in town when uh, Survivor Series. Was it Survivor Series? I thought it was the pay-per-view before that. It might have been the pay-per-view before that, but he was in town, and my buddy, he was at Nick's Roast Beef down northeast Philly. Mm-hmm. My buddy went and met him, hung out with him for a little while, so he's a really cool guy. And wasn't he here when Money in the Bank was happening, too? Uh, was Because that was in was. June or July. It might have been. But they have people there all the time. Ron Simmons was there. Kurt Angle was there. Oh. Sandman. I think Sandman's supposed to be there, too. Sandman doesn't really do Philly. Still, so you are day. going, you are not? I am not. I am going. I'm taking Linda. This will be her first event. Oh, see, look. Isn't that nice? If I was going, I would def- definitely tailgate with you. Can you tailgate before wrestling? Yeah. I don't know. We did it. It's a parking lot. My, yeah, but the people do that. I mean, yes. I don't know what it we did it. 10, but. Are you in Philly? Yes. That's true. They will tailgate to go drinking. Drink to go tailgate. True. <laughs> <laughs> drink to drink. Oh man! But yeah, back to the. the Thank you, Michelle, for for entertaining us. <laughs> As always. Back to the suicide thing. Yeah, I, I totally agree. If if you're feeling a certain type of way, talk to somebody. I don't care who it is. Find me on Facebook. It's JC Leahy. Send me a message. I don't care. I'll talk to you about it. Go Either. on Facebook on Projangers and Wallhangers. We'll talk to you. we'll talk to you. You reach out us, reach out to us. You can send a message. It'll, it'll ping both both Jim and myself, uh, and you know we can point you in the right direction. We're you know we're equal opportunists. You know we'll help out everybody. I don't like everybody, but everybody deserves a fair shot. So even if I don't like you, I'll still give you a hand. Yeah, I mean there's there's very few people that I don't uh, that I don't answer to and. You know, I would rather, I would rather see someone get help than than to go down that path. There's nothing can that can be that detrimental that you know you should be taking your own life. All right, switch gears here. All right, the first time that we did this, you called it the birth of Projangers and Wallhangers. Yes. We didn't really talk about anything about a birth or why we started this or who we even are. Okay. You just hear that this is Chris and Jim doing this thing, talking about you. So, tell the folks a little something about yourself. Uh, name's Christopher Bristow. I'm 37 years old. That's, look I'm, every bit of it. Yeah, I know I do. <laughs> I'm still. I, I look like a slightly younger version of Walter White, and I'm prop. I can probably pull it off. Just go to good tea. Just yeah, do it. I should. But. Um, Five kids total, uh, one stepson, uh, three daughters, and one newborn son, ranging in ages. Uh, Joey just turned 21. Uh, I have the clips from, from that party. That, that was entertaining. Nice. Uh, post on that. <laughs> post, I'll post it up on Perjangers. Um, my oldest daughter, she's on the autism spectrum, so I, I'm very busy with her. Uh, my middle daughter, you know, she she will be eleven in February. Wow. Yeah. 
and my youngest daughter will be three in January. So, uh, so he's a family man. Engaged, getting married May 20th. So, yeah. I hear you have an awesome caterer, too. Yeah, Jim's going to be the caterer. <laughs> well, my family. That's it? That's all you got to say for yourself? For, for right now, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, my name is Jim Leahy, also known as JC. I work for the family business, CJ's Custom Catering and Cafe. I'm also in a band called Digital Get Down, DGD for short. Been doing that for a long time. Um, I'm 32 years old, but I probably look older than Chris. <laughs> um, single, never married, no kids. You're you smart. Know. <laughs> just uh just my parents mom dad my uh sister megan she's uh mid-20s i won't say her age is mid-20s my brother chris just turned 21 um chris and my dad and myself are like the main people for the catering company and everything and uh happy to be doing it love my family love my friends love talking about shit that I think I know and really don't. Anybody that's willing to listen, I will talk to. Put a, paint a face on a wall, I will talk to the wall for hours. Um, also very smart. <laughs> <laughs> I love video games, I love food, uh, movies, TV shows, sports, most of the stuff that we talk about here, which yep. is why we feel like we're experts to do so. But yeah, and... Uh, Chris and I were talking one day, and you know he would come into the cafe on daily, and we would go back and forth talking about certain things, whether it be what happened on Raw the night before, or the Eagles, or the new game that was coming out, or you know, new trailers for movies, stuff like that. And we just figured, hey, one day, you know, let's see if anybody else gives a shit about what we're talking about. So, and if you don't give a shit, then you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> fuck on <laughs> but uh and here we are it's our second installment and i just felt that we needed to give the people a little bit of a back a little story. background yeah that's, that's but uh, yeah that's, i think that was good i think uh i think we got the gist of who we are now yeah we've known each other since i've started here at Amerigas, which is um going on january of 2013 i've been at this cafe, with, which is in the Amerigas building for six years, so I've known you for three years. Half your tenure here. Yeah, yeah. We've definitely seen some characters come and go. We have. You also see a character when you look in the mirror every day, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> good, good judge. Ready to go. It takes a character to judge a character. That's right. But, uh, yeah, I think this is, this is a lot of fun. first one was a lot of fun at Chris's house. Right now we're... On location at the UGI Amerigas building because it's kind of equidistant for the both of us. But um, we're looking forward to a lot more of these podcasts and always willing to listen to your guys' feedback. And if you guys have any topics that you want us to talk about, shoot us a message. We're happy to respond. Like Chris said, it's Projangers and Wallhangers. It's on Facebook. It's on Twitter. Uh, look us up. Drop us a line. To tell us how much we suck. Tell us how awesome we are. You know, I am single, so I mean, you know, if you think I'm cute, women, if you think I'm cute, <laughs> I, I, I got to put that out there, man. I got to put that out there. But, uh, all right, Chris is the topic guy. What's your next topic, brother? Next topic, uh, we have, I have this, uh, I have this bookmarked. Uh, it might be 
might be just a little bit old and dated, but it's still hilarious enough not to uh, not to say. Okay. So, and I read this verbatim. It says, argument between grandmas ends in shootout at Texas Walmart. I say. saw that. That's <laughs> insane. Oh, my God. The 55-year-old woman re- was reportedly left with a gunshot, gunshot wound to her neck. Granny's a good shot. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that's my first All right, thing. So, I mean, of course there's context in this. In this, you know, Your first thoughts are just you know, two old ladies fighting over whatever Christmas gift. People of Walmart. Yeah, it is people of Walmart. <laughs> but as I say, and, you know, Linda hates it when I use the word, context. Child custody swap between two grandmothers led to a shootout outside of a Dallas Walmart that left one woman wounded, authorities say. So right there it tells you that it really wasn't for anything in particular to Walmart. It was just two families that don't like each other. Right. Which I experience every day. It happens all over the place all the time. You always see people bickering about stuff. So. Uh, probably at the time of this recording, Linda hates me right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hence the reason I'm single. I say it in jest, though. She, you know, I love her. She loves me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Enough of that. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Enough of that stuff. She'll kill me, and these will, you know, these will, these two podcasts will be uh, relics. Beginning and end, the birth, the birth, and the, the birth and the aftermath. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty crazy story, man. Um, you know, I've I've seen custody battles. You know, I, I dated a couple women that had children. You know, I've experienced it within my own family. You know, custody battles and stuff like that. They can get ugly. They yeah. really can, because you know, you you want to believe that it's because people care that much about the children yeah but it's also like well i won and you lost yeah that's unfortunately what it comes down to and the kids take the back seat to all the other bullshit that goes on and it's it sucks because then these kids that's what they see that's what they grow up with that's what they're accustomed to and the cycle continues when they eventually have their own families and they find people that are of like mind and it's the same shit happens and it's it's discouraging it, I mean, it is, especially when, when something ends in violence like this. Uh, I mean, it says here, Janice Brown, 53, allegedly pulled out a gun and shot Carla Hawkins, 55, in her neck, leaving her with injuries that were not life-threatening, police said in the statement. Well, you have to be a pretty good shot not to hit any veins in the neck or just lucky. Or you're a terrible shot and you got lucky hitting the neck. <laughs> it might have just grazed it, but... I mean, that's, that's insane. That's that's why they don't want people to have guns. And I'm not saying I'm for or against gun laws or whatever, but I believe that people should be smart enough to know when to use guns and when to, you know, yeah. I just don't. Alone. I don't get like that's what people run to. It's become it's become a safety blanket. That's why a lot of people are using guns and just weapons in general. Like I remember growing up in school. If I had a disagreement with somebody, we went out in the parking lot. We fought. We went down to Campbell's Funeral Home, which was down the street from school. We fought in the parking lot. Sometimes I got my ass kicked. Sometimes well, I, I mean, didn't. It goes to say, it's like Albert Einstein has been quoted saying this. I don't know what World War Three will look like, but the following one after that, I know will be fought with sticks and stones. Yeah. Because he doesn't know. Like, 
he was smart enough to think that if there is a World War III, we'll be so far advanced in technology that we'll, we'll probably just obliterate not even, you know, close to the human race. And then on top of that... Well, it's... Albert Einstein was a very intelligent man. He also had he, autism. He did. He did. He was on the spectrum. That's why he was, he was as good with numbers as he was and all these equations and energy and things like that. But, you know, it's... That's a... That's a very valid statement because I truly believe the same thing. Like, how many times have there been threats of nuclear holocausts and things like that and biological warfare? I mean, eventually it's going to get to the point where, you know, these guys with the itchy trigger, fing trigger fingers are going to pull the trigger. And but it's it wouldn't even be... have to get it wouldn't even have to get that far because we're so dependent on technology. I mean, I know we, we say this, you know, and I'm being a hypocrite because I work IT, but... I'm a realist when I say, if we, if, if any country detonated an EMP off in the atmosphere and it would affect, and they wanted to target the United States, which common sense would say that they're, they're not going to do because anything that affects one country, it's going to trickle to the other ones. Right. Because then you disrupt the world's economy, and then no one will have any imports, exports, and then everybody will suffer. But if they just took an EMP and detonated it over the United States, just say the eastern seaboard, so half the United States would just be in darkness. Okay. Then you would have the people that are so dependent on the technology not know what to do because they don't have any life skills. And there would be riots. There would be riots. There would be chaos in order, and, and then it would eventually even out, but not for another 30, 40 years. Because when you detonate an EMP, all your electronics are fried. Unless they are off and in, in a magnetic safe box. Well, who's to say that a lot of the, uh, the military computers and things aren't like that? That's why a lot of stuff is underground and encased in these metal boxes. But you know, it's it's discouraging to think about. You don't want to don't want to be as morbid as to say that you know people are really that indecent that that's going to happen. But the reality of the situation is, people are that indecent. And people are eventually going it's to only go to those measures. It's only because of government and laws that you know we have civilization. Okay. So without that, we go back to our primal instinct, which is you know survival for yourself and survival for your family. Like Axel Rose said, "What's so civil about war anyway?" Not a thing. Exactly. Brother fighting brother, and you know, doesn't matter what color you are. If you're you don't believe the thing that I believe, I'm gonna kill you. That's what it comes down to. It's it's unfortunate. It, it's very sad to think that this is the world that we're in now. And I can remember as a kid growing up not having a care in the world. Next thing I know, I'm in high school. 9-11 happens. And that's a whole other ball game that I don't want to get into right now. But, you know, you see the effect that it has just on people around you and how they start to act differently. And, you know, to see the tears that people are shedding now for their fellow man. Yeah. And unfortunately, those bleeding hearts are few and far between nowadays. You have more people that have total disregard for human life, more so than you do the people that actually care. Uh, I just, I can't, again, I just can't have, it's one of those things you just can't wrap your head around. We have all these countries. We're the biggest consumer in the entire world. Let's oh, just, yeah. The United States is the biggest consumer. So... We have all these countries that hate us, but we also have these countries that depend on our consumption. They so, need us, in effect, yeah. 
So it, unfortunately, it is a very, very vicious symbiotic circle. But, you know, what would happen if someone is, just goes off the rails and doesn't think of that? It Which can happen. It, ha it happens. Look at all the, the school shootings and the, the theater shootings and just the people going in there and, like, the guy that went down into the club. Minus Boston and, you know, Boston 9-11 and the, and the recent one in Ohio. Everything else has been internal. Has it? Have they been, or have they been calculated? You, we, these are things we don't know because this we're not in the know. You know, we, we know what the um, the media outlets will allow us to know, what the government will allow the media outlets to tell us. Like it's like you said earlier, it's a trickle down effect. So you see what you're allowed to see, but are you really seeing the entire picture? Which is why you get millions of conspiracy theorists out there people saying this happened for this reason and this person caused this and blah 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 and you know there's, I mean, there's we don't have enough well, time to talk about all <laughs> no that we don't stuff. i mean it, it just you said you know what the media outlets will allow us to see it's also what like the 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 internet that you actually connect to is only 10 percent of what the internet actually is mm -hmm. you know the the facebook and going to google and going to your home page they're just front-facing to actually what happens behind the scenes of all the, like, the hacking groups going to the dark web. You know, you find your way into there, it's very hard to get into there. You have to know your shit in order to how to get into there. Right. A lot of, a lot of places don't allow you in if you're on a public server, if you're, if you're bouncing off of, you can't be doing any downloading because then, it, you know, torrents give up your location. Right. You know, using black uh, black web browsers, uh, you know, like Tor, that's one of them. I know, because I use it. <laughs> well, a lot of this stuff, you're speaking Greek to me, but, you know, I do believe in all that, all those things in the dark web, and, you know, we're allowed to see what we're allowed to see, and there's people out there that have this knowledge. I mean, whether, that's they, why, whether they want it or they don't, they have it. But that's why Anonymous, the, the, the hacking group, has become so infamous. And they've become infamous first, and then they become famous because now they have the public has given them so much power, and rightfully so, is because they shine a light on things that people want to hide. Now, are people wanting to know these things out of pure concern, or just because they want to be in the know? They they don't want to be the last person to find. This I find it more that Anonymous becomes involved uh, when they're trying to write a, a justice they feel is wrong. So it's not really, you know, they get a consensus. The, the public sees it as, okay, I just want this person to be shown that he's a dick or a prick or whatever the case may be. And Anonymous can do that. It's not really, no, like I already knew that was true. I already had that belief. It's just, it's just solidifying and confirming. It's what just you confirming what you already yeah. knew. So it, it, anonymous takes that to a step further, and they 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 put a light on it, and they they stop a lot of stuff. So when Sony when when Sony got hacked and it was found out by North Korea, supposedly, anonymous supposedly. came in and started DDoS attacking North Korea and shut down the government. Well, that's. It's kind of scary that a lot of people who are anonymous by nature, nobody knows who they are, 
have these capabilities to, you know, tap into an entire government's, you know, which intranet. Is, which is why, if you watch, it, it, to get a an overview of what that's all about, watch Mr. Robot. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the same face that they use is from V from, uh, v from v Vendetta. Vendetta. Yep. And rightfully so. Rightfully so, because that, that was a really, really powerful movie at its core. You know, great acting. But yeah, it was it was to show that you don't have to stand up for what the government's giving you. Well, it's also to show that you really don't know jack shit about anything. If, as much as you think that you know, you really don't know anything. And the common person has more power than they think they do. Yes and no. I believe that to a certain extent, but you have to believe in yourself in order to achieve certain things, and you have to get other people to follow you to get onto a certain level. But that's... No, that's neither here nor there. It's, but as far as, you know, the information, a lot of people think it's information overload, but it's not. It's actually information that you're being allowed to have. Like, you want to look at cat videos on, on Facebook all day? By all means. You, you'll, get, you'll get a million of them. By all means. But if you it. want to find out exactly what happened. You have to go dig in, and hunt. In this, in this situation or that situation, yeah, you have to go dig and you have to go to people that can find this information well information misdirection yeah well that's the thing like me personally if I were to start web browsing about stuff like I could look up you know Columbine eventually I'm going to get to those cat videos yeah because that's what they want you to do oh oh, look pretty like that's yeah you get relegated to to be like hey we're going to throw this up here and you see it all the time because I mean Facebook Google they collect data on you all the time oh yeah but uh, but it's like right. that movie up squirrel squirrel hi there <laughs> <laughs> I'm too busy watching Wally uh, <laughs> <laughs> alright what's next last Ooh. one last one I'm only going to I'm only going to touch base on it because I just saw it today. Uh, Donald Trump, Time Magazine. And in caption, it says, the uh, president of the divided states of America, which is wholeheartedly true. Yeah, but in his defense, this was a divided states of it America, was, but well before Donald Trump was even in the conversation to be president. And I agree with that. So it just, you know, because he's president now, it's, it's just a, amp- it's amplified. It's a focal point. Yeah. But... We're not gonna, we're not gonna talk too much about that because you know everybody gets their their panties in a bunch. Which you, know, you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's the way that's the way it is. You know, everybody wants to have their opinion. The worst part is the people that have these opinions didn't even vote. Yeah, like the not the majority of these people that have such a strong stance against the man didn't even vote. So if you really gave that much of a shit. Don't you think you should have went out and voiced your opinion? And if all those masses of people would have actually went out and voiced their opinion and made their decision, don't you think things would have actually been the way you wanted it? Like I don't—that's what I don't understand. Like there's there's a point yeah. and counterpoint, and the counterpoint is you didn't do what you were supposed to do in order to make certain things happen. Therefore, you have not a leg to stand on, and I don't give two fucks to what you think. Fuck on. Fuck on. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's like politics. I, I try to steer as clear from politics as I can on a regular basis just because 
there's no there's no end in sight. It's just going to be a vicious circle. It is a rabbit hole. It is. You and know. you're never going to find the bottom. No matter how far you dig, you will never, ever find the bottom. Unless you're actually on a cabinet or, you know... Unless you're the one controlling the puppet strings. If you're controlling the puppet strings, which we know that's that's how it's going to happen. But I I can't I can't say one way or the other. I think I think a lot of the things he's trying to do now is fine. That's that's great. He's he's being proactive and he's trying to follow through what he said he was going to do. A lot of it is not going to get done. Just like with any other president. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's the reason why. You have Congress, Senate, and you have the, the Supreme Court. You have those three branches of government. Not one person can control the reins. Now, he said a lot of shit that was inflammatory. Well, that's, he's always done that. But And he's also divided his own party, which makes it very fractured. Oh, he said he was going to do that. And that's the thing. Like As much shit as this man might talk and as many things as he might say and talking out of his head, he's honest. Like he he stands up and he admits to these things. Like he he like grabber by pussy. He never said no, I didn't say that. He said, "Well, it was locker room talk." Yeah. And then athletes came out. Oh, we don't talk like that in the locker room. Bullshit. Yeah, you do. Bullshit. I've been in locker rooms. I've been in pro locker rooms. I've been in college. I've been in high school. Everybody talks like that. If you're a male and you have two balls and a dick between your legs, you're going to talk about those things. Unless you like men, in which case you're going to be grabbing by the cock. You know that's. <laughs> That's the thing. You're going to get got. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> like, that's that's the thing. Like, the, the man never shied away from the spotlight. The man never shied away from anything that he ever said. And you have to respect that. It's, it's a very refreshing to see uh, at least an iota. Well, it goes, back to, it goes back to what we talked on the first episode. Well, being politically correct. So now everybody is in a, a state of, like, I'll, I'll say more like sticker shock. Yeah, yeah, you know, or shell shock that he's saying these things, and we've been so like, oh, that's that's you know, that's not politically correct. That's not politically correct. You can't say that you'll offend these people. You can't say this because you'll offend these people. You can't say anything about rainbows because you'll affect, affect homosexuality. You can't say anything about about the you know, pick pick a gender because then you'll affect you'll affect the the transgenders because mm-hmm. they don't identify with either one. Yep. You know. It's become too. It's okay to be diverse. It's not okay to be divided in such a subset segment that it makes it caustic. We as a culture have become S A W F T soft. You know, you think about. How you doing? Like today, we're doing this, by the way, on the anniversary, 75th anniversary of D Day. Yeah. So think about those guys, the guys that were in World War II, the guys that, you know, were in those trenches and, you know, even the, the soldiers that were in Vietnam and Korea, the guys that never came home, the guys that, you know, were in those trenches for years and years and years. My grandfather served in, in, in uh, World War II, so, I, like, he, he was stationed in Italy for, for a good duration. I never met him because he passed away at 43 and had a heart attack. But and I, I also have family members that serve too, and it's like you know, if I think about any of those people from those times acting the way they acted now, they get punched in the mouth. And that the they are they are forever in tune. Well, Pearl Harbor, the 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 ship is forever in tuned in the ocean. Mm-hmm. 
and it's too far and too deep for even the manpower to pull it out. And what will, what will those soldiers get any rest for? They won't. They won't. But it, you know, it's it was a different time back then. It was a different generation. Like you know, the propaganda. You know, calling the Nazi scum, calling you know the the Japanese Japs and Jinks and things like that. You know, the the newspapers were saying these things. Now, if they were to print anything like that, these people would be fly, like fired immediately and then burned at the stake the next day. So, I mean, the, the softness that I'm referring to has to do with our culture as a whole. It's no, it's no one person that's making it worse. It's everybody. If, if more than one person starts to feel a certain way about something, oh, forget it. Forget it. we got to change our entire thinking about that subject. Yeah, and I it's, just, it's disheartening. Is very disheartening. But to go back to Trump for one second, there's one thing that I, I think speaks volumes about him. He's not known as a very humble person. He's not. But when he saw that the world economy crashed when he was elected president, if there's nothing else that the man understands is dollars and cents, when he saw that, that humbled him to the point that he is who he is right now. He's listening to other people. The decisions that he's making are not just for himself, and he's realizing that now. And it's it's kind of cool to watch what he was throughout that entire election process to what he's becoming now. And I think – I'm not saying he's going to be the greatest president ever. By all means, I'm not saying that because I don't know. But I think he actually could do some good things for this country and eventually the world economy. Like, he's going to make these – are us more dependent on ourselves and not so dependent on, oh, well, what can we get from this place? What can we, can we get from that place? Let's be more self-sufficient. That way, these other countries aren't like, well, you need us. Well, no, we don't need you. We need ourselves. So we're going to take our home first and everything else will umbrella out. And I, mean, I, th- I think that he has the capabilities to do it because he has the balls to do it. He has the balls to stand up to these other world leaders and be like, no, we're not taking your shit And the, the biggest one that he's going to fight with is China because they, they own, you know, Majority of our debt, and that's fine. I and at any point in time, at any point in time, they can call in and say we want our money, and we won't be able to provide it. No, we wouldn't, and then we'll end up going to war. And you know, we'll, let's go toe to toe with them. Seriously, other than you know the debt that we have to them, what has China ever done for us? Yeah, besides, wow, nothing. <laughs> nothing. Yeah. The, your your answer was there. Besides what? Nothing. They haven't. Okay, you loaned us some money because you're good with money. Like not to be not to be racist or politically incorrect, but Asians are good with numbers. <laughs> they are. It's it's not. It, there's no two ways about it. They are. And I'm I'm not. Like I said, I'm not trying to be, you know, politically incorrect. But you know, no, politically incorrect would be saying that they're good at World of Warcraft too. Well, yeah, but uh, and they farming. But they also put in regulations where you weren't allowed to have more than one child. If they did, there's a reason for that. Yeah, and if you did things like that here, you know the world would explode. You know what I mean? This country would just fall off the face of the earth if you started to do things like that because everybody would be up in arms. Well, Hell, my brother or sister wouldn't be here if that was the case. You wouldn't have as many kids as you did and your I, family would be incomplete. I wouldn't be here. Exactly. That's what I mean. Like It's things like that. that like me, I'm the oldest, so I'd be here. There's no more question about that. I'm the <laughs> <laughs> no, no matter what, I will survive. I'm a cockroach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, I. All right, it's enough political talk. Yeah, uh, I want to switch gears. Did wrestling? you see? No, no, no we no. can go to that. But I want to do this right. first. Did you see 
the trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Oh, oh my God, bro. You going to pull it up now? Yeah, I'll pull oh it up. Oh, my now. God. It's the greatest thing. Because Guardians, I think, was the best Marvel movie that they made. Like, as far as comedy, as far as storyline, as far as action. Like, it had everything that you were looking for. And it even had characters that you might not have been familiar with. So you can go into it with an open mind and watch it more objectively than saying, oh, Spider-Man's not supposed to do this, or Wolverine's not supposed to do this, blah, blah, blah. All right, cool. That was it. No, there's another one that just came out. Ah, uh, there's another one that's even better than that. Just came out. Yeah, you got to look at the other one. You have to. Do thank me. This one. Yes. The fate of the universe lies on your shoulders. Whatever you do, don't push this button. Because that will set off the bomb immediately, and we'll all be dead. Now repeat back what I just said. Congress? No! No, that's the button that will kill everyone! Try again. Congress. Mm-hmm. Congress. Uh-huh. Congress. No! <laughs> Yeah, I guess, yeah, I feel a general unselfish love for just about everybody. No, 
sexual love. No, no, I don't. For her. No. <laughs> she just told everyone your deepest, darkest secret. Dude, come on. I think you're overreacting a little bit. You must be so embarrassed. <laughs> do me, do me, do me. <laughs> See, you almost missed that part. But yeah, that, that movie yes. looks amazing. Just with the comedy and everything. It's going to be great. I, I'm a huge Chris Pratt fan. He's my, my man crush every day. I love Chris Pratt. I thought she was going to start off as a fat guy. Like me. <laughs> gives me gives me hope. <clears throat> so I know we talked about it in passing. Um, so here is after the commercial the video for Last of Us ah. and this is the new one that they just debuted at the PlayStation Experience Okay, so full disclosure I'm a Microsoft guy Xbox all the way Chris has been trying to turn me on to the PlayStation because of the Last of Us series and I have played it here and there but this one apparently is a freaking movie <laughs> so to Jim's credit if he wishes to know the entire story he can look up Last of Us full movie in YouTube and watch the whole thing someone did play through it like all six hours really and you can watch it like a movie
pretty badass. <laughs> it does. I can't deny that. Platforms. Like, oh, it has to be PlayStation. It has to be. Xbox. Well, I mean, if you truly wanted to play the game, you can play it on your PC through PlayStation Now. You just pay the ten dollars a month, right? Which you, you can do. I could. Ten dollars a month, man. I'm broke. <laughs> you could just play it for one. You know, pay it for one month and just play that game, and then be done with it. It does look badass, though. I mean, the, the graphics that they're coming out with these days for these games are insane. Like I'm still still a Call of Duty guy. I still play you know Madden and stuff like that. And even the graphics for them, because I've been playing Madden since the first one up until now, it's amazing the things that they're able to do. Yep. Like the Infinity Engine and all those things. Like wow, like that that looked like real people. That was crazy. I um I can't wait for that. That's I know you've been talking about it for a while. <laughs> That, well, that game holds a, a special place in my heart because it's still the the story. Um, because I have daughters, right? So, it you know, beginning part of the last one, I when I saw the intro, and after the intro was done, I had to wait. I had to walk away because I, I had to put, pause it, put the controller down, walk away, and and gather myself because I was like on the verge of tears. Wow, it, it was that powerful. I mean, it's it's pretty realistic, and it's the storyline isn't that far off of things that could possibly happen. No, it's 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 a virus that actually exists. Yeah. That's that's the scary part. Because if I mean. it does if it does cross over, then we'd be screwed. <laughs> yeah, to say the least. <laughs> All right, on to wrestling. Okay, so you watch TLC. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you think of the pay per view? Thought it was good. Thought it was good. Uh, I, I like I like when they do the TLC matches and you know things like that because it, it shows a lot of these guys like the AJ Styles and the Dean Ambrose and guys like that that came from the independent circuit that came are, are now showing the things that they used to do night in and night out just for that wow factor. Now yeah. they get to do it here and there in these matches, but you know they get to showcase some of their talents and some of those bumps are ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> I can't imagine like taking some of those falls and being able to get back up and walk away. But um, I thought it was kind of cool how uh, James Ellsworth kind of flipped. Yeah, it's uh, uh, his reasoning on smacking talk was kind of hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but that's. I think they're they're going in the right direction with things. They are. I mean, SmackDown is still. Still tough to watch sometimes, man. It is. I, I still like it. I still like a lot of the people that they have on there, but sometimes it's a little bit of a, a little bit of a chore to actually sit down and watch it. You're like, oh my god. Well, after after you watch three hours of Raw the night before, yeah, and then right right behind the pay per view as well. That's that's wrestling overload, and I think that's kind of why SmackDown is struggling the way it is because they're not showing you anything new. They're not giving you anything above and beyond what you've already watched, like you said, the last two days. 
And now they're going to oversaturate it with all these extra pay-per-views because now you have the two split brands. They should have left it on Thursday, man. They really should have left they, it on Thursday. They should have left it on Thursday, but, you know, I understand what they're trying to do. Maybe, I do. Maybe just move the, the Thursday show to Wednesday and move NXT to Thursday. Look, look at the NFL. They're oversaturating it. They have Thursday. 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 Saturday. Saturday sometimes. Sometimes Saturdays, Sundays, sometimes Sunday morning when they're overseas. Yeah, with the NFL in Europe. And then you got Monday. It's two games on Monday. Yeah. A game at 11 a.m. if it's NFL overseas. And then you got your standard 1 o'clock, 4 o'clock, and then your 7 o'clock game. And then it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. And I think wrestling is trying – they're seeing that the money – that they're making, and I heard Vince is supposed to be buying or wants to buy TNA. Yeah. Okay, great. But what are, gonna, what are you going to do? What are you going to do with it? Like that's like me saying, you know what? I'm going to buy every piece of steak that you have in your store. Okay. Why? That would that should be. Well, why? Why would you want to spend that kind of money? Don't you already have a ton of steak in your freezer already? Well, yeah, but I know I'm going to use it eventually. The only the only way the only way you're going to get true ratings for wrestling anymore is what they should do is pit the two shows against each other. They should, you know. They should have you know SmackDown on a Monday night on the network and see which one does better. Yeah, I agree. And then say, you know, my top performer, like say my my John Cena wants to come and you know challenge you know whoever holds this belt. And then cross the brands, like the, something like that. So we have, and this is just my opinion, there's too much, as you said, pay-per-view. Oversaturation. You two pay-per-views a month, one for, each, one for each brand? No. And then the occasional one where they, they throw them all in together. So why not throw, throw them one pay-per-view? You, you do, so you do a regular pay-per-view. So you'd still do the, the twelve. Maybe 14, if you want to throw in every now and then. But do three matches from Raw, three matches from SmackDown. You earn your time. You have the network that you could do the kickoff shows and do the three and three beforehand. Utilize the network more. You'll get more subscribers. And then the brands can showcase a larger and broader storyline over time. Because then they can say, okay, well, we've already done this match. We'll do this next pay-per-view. We'll do this. We'll do a, like a lead-up match on the kickoff show, and then the next pay-per-view will be for the title. I like it. I would be more interested in the storylines if that were the case, you know. Because there, I hate to say it, Attitude Era, there was that slow build for all these. It's not coming back. All it's right. not. It's not. As Man, much what, as you want it, as much as I want it, it's not coming back. Um, I've already accepted, but you saw the the. It's a little bit. It was well, one. It was less corporate because they. You see. These people that they put out there have no mic skills. Oh yeah, Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is a pretty face. Women love him. You know he has some in ring skills. He's portrayed as a, a beast, and he can be at, at times. But, yeah, he has nothing. At least with Brock Lesnar, you have Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman, he, there's nothing that he can't do. There's a, not a promo that he, can, he can't cut. He can't grow hair. Well, <laughs> I know how that feels. 
All right, Pauly. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, Heyman, the reason they keep him around is because he knows the business better than anybody. Better he than built. Vince. Better than Triple he H. He had a possibility. If, so, I know we're, we're kind of straying off because, you know, Paul Heyman. But anytime you talk Paul Heyman, you talk ECW. And the reason why ECW primarily failed was because the deal that made – so when Vince bought uh, WCW, Turner made Vince put WWE Raw on Turner's network, mm-hmm. which is when you saw that switch in, right. in 202. So but what they didn't tell you is, is that um, – no, it went on Spike. Yeah, it was Spike. Yeah. It was Spike. Mm-hmm. So, what they don't tell you is, is that ECW, Paul Heyman had a, a deal with, with Spike to put ECW on the mainstream. And then, right before that happened, Spike went to, Spike went to w, uh, WWE. Right. Which then... Crushed, crushed ECW. Crushed ECW. So then, eventually they got bought out. And, and he, he, he readily states that he borrowed money from Vince. Paid him back, but borrowed money from Vince. Um, sold ECW to WWE because what else was he supposed to do? But uh, if if that deal would have never went through, we probably would have still have three brands. Now the other two would probably be, still be not as strong. Well, you still technically have three brands because you still have TNA and Lucha Underground. And yeah, Lucha Underground is the only one that's really making any waves though, because they're different. And Ring of Honor. Yeah, Ring of Honor. I mean, you don't. You have to search for that. I mean, it's not like you can just be like, "Oh, what's on?" Oh, Ring of Honor's on. Well, they actually got a TV deal now. I don't now. Know yeah, now. Now, but I don't see anything advertised. I never hear when they're on. It's it's things like that. Like advertising goes a long way with stuff like that. Yeah, word of mouth only gets you so far. Exactly. Word of mouth gets you to the advertisers. Right. And then the advertisers take you to the big leagues. That's the way it works. So I know you're gonna love this one, um, Alexa Bliss. Oh yeah, That's my girl. <laughs> love Alexa. I I really like that match with Alexa and Becky Lynch. They're two 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 of the women that I really they like they were warriors in the ring that that mm-hmm. that night, and uh, you know they put it all out there. I love you know I love the fact uh, on smoking uh, uh, talking uh, smack talking smack. Alexa just still in character. Trashed Becky because you know it's it you know she she's one of the few one few women uh, wrestlers that I can I can actually say it's she knows how to do the slow build. Oh yeah, absolutely. But she has it, you know what it is? It's because she's such a pretty face and she's such a bitch. Yeah, she's well, she's now bad. she she can come out and she can be that you know cute lovable type, but then she can flip that switch so quick. <laughs> Whereas, you know, Becky Lynch is the type where she gets the crowd behind her, you know, she's Becky Balboa, this, that, and the third. And she has that, that bro that, you know, it's like, oh, okay, cool, I dig it. Just like everybody dug Sheamus for a little while, yep. and Sheamus kind of fell off. Now he's doing that thing with Cesaro, but whatever. Which is entertaining. but It is, but it's still unnecessary. It's Neither one of them are going anywhere with it. They're going to be relegated to another mid-card. You yeah, see it. exactly. But, you know, Alexa Bliss, she's... She, I think she's very versatile. I think if you told her, we want you to be a straight face, she would be more like a Bailey type. Yeah. 
Where and if you told her, you know, I want you to be a heel, she could be Charlotte Flair. You know, so I, I think that she has but, that. But she has she, she has she has her version of a heel. Yes, yes, that's what I mean. Like she has that range where it's all believable. Yeah, it's all believable, and that's the thing. Very few and far between do you see that anymore, especially from like the females. But even the male side, you don't see people coming out like I don't. I don't believe that Randy Orton is a part of the Wyatt family. No. You know what I mean? I don't like. He still seems like he's his own separate entity or whatever, and he's eventually going to turn. And everybody knows that he's infiltrating. You know, just to to take Bray Wyatt out, cut him off at the head. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, you already but, have that. It's going to be a scripted. It's obvious. Obvious RKO out of nowhere. It's obvious. But I, I think it's kind of cool how they got the belts. Yeah. And they're stable. So you can have anybody at one time. you got a brace sitting there in a rocket chair. The Thunderbirds, like, the, the Thunderbirds rule. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just like New Day. Mm-hmm. But I don't want them to be, you know, to, to kind of fall into that pattern as well. I mean, New Day, they're, they're, no, it, they're more of a comedic act. It's, and what's going to happen is they're going to be going up against somebody. And then that's when Randy's going to switch, and then they're going to lose the belts to whomever. It may be Rhino and, and Heath Slater again. I guess, who knows? Well, they well they'd be entitled to their match. They so. well yeah, but you see Talking Smack where they were kind of going back and forth with each other, and you can kind of see that there's a little bit of tension there. That's cool, but I, I think some of the storylines work. Some of the storylines are believable, but nobody is as believable as Alexa Bliss right now. She really is. Like, I, I, everything that comes out of her mouth, I'm, like, sitting there in suspense waiting to see what she's going to say, yep. how she's going to act. And so you I don't get that, that often. I saved that one for you because I knew I know oh, it's my girl. <laughs> I know you love it. Alexa, Alexa, Becky, Sasha. Those are my top three right now. I'm a big Charlotte Flair fan, but I hate that they had to bring Ric Flair back again. Hate it. Hate it. Sorry, Michelle. <laughs> but, you know, that's... Uh, I, I just... Uh, I'm really hoping for good things to come in the next year. I mean, this, this year's kind of dumb. Like, you're not going to see too many more things. No, no titles no. changing hands. Well, that's what we said last year when Roman Reigns won it on uh, Raw. Which, you know, then they had that one versus all, you know. We were there there when he won that well I was there you were there I was there that was crazy I was broke well, <laughs> I was also broke I got free tickets <laughs> I was I was sitting I couldn't even see the, the Titan Tron that's how that's where I was sitting me and my boy Eric were up in the box we're looking down and we're like I think that's Roman Reigns <laughs> but yeah it's uh, you know there, there's a lot of different directions I think I said this last time there's a lot of different directions they can go but doing it the right way is what's going to catapult them to the level that they want to be at. I don't know that they have the talent right now. I don't know if they have the writers to actually make they don't. The they, they don't have the writers to no, make all the stars. No, no, that, that's wrong. They might have the writers to do it, but Vince Hogg ties all of them, so you'll never actually see what these writers can actually do. Because no matter what, he has to have his input. If he doesn't like this person, they're never going to do anything. Look at Cesaro. Cesaro, I keep talking about this guy because I feel like he's gotten the worst shake out of everybody that has ever come through this company. Has all the talent in the world. He doesn't really have the greatest personality, but when he talks, 
you know, you, you actually can think that this guy is could be something. His in-ring ability is is unquestioned. Like he's really good in the ring, but Vince doesn't like him. Vince does why? not like him. I don't why know. is the question? I don't know. That's the thing. There's I a mean, lot of people. He didn't like Triple H at first either. They started banging his daughter, and he didn't have a choice. He had to push him up. He's like, Daddy, I yep. want my husband to do something. So that's that's what it comes down to. And I really don't want to see Vince die. I never want to wish death on anybody. But that, unfortunately, that's the way it's going to be. You're not going to see any change in the WWE like you really want to see until he's gone or until he actually hangs it up and says, you know what, Steph, Hunter, do your thing. Sorry, Steph, Paul, do your thing. <laughs> but that's that's what it comes down to. And it's it's unfortunate, but, you know, it's yeah, that's how it's got to be for right now. All right, what's your uh, – we got to start wrapping up soon. What's your um, your feel-good? Feel-good? Your feel-good story. That's what you did last time. You had your feel-good story. I had my feel-good story. Uh, well, last night I had my daughter's uh, chorus concert, so it was fun. Nice. Uh, had uh, my newborn son's first gingerbread house over the weekend. Uh, it was pretty good. Very cool. Uh, he's going to be turning – Seven months on the tenth. Oh shit! Getting big. You kicking your ass soon. He already kicks my ass. <laughs> so that's your feel good. Uh, that's my feel good for the moment. Yeah. Nice. You? Well, I mean, I have plenty of good things going on in my life, but something that I saw was on ESPN. Um, former tight end for the uh, the Ravens. And the Packers and the Broncos names uh, Mitchell Henry. Okay, diagnosed with cancer. All right. Now, if he never got cut by the Ravens, he never would have found the mass in his chest. Wow. Um, all the other teams that he went and did these uh, physicals for, nobody found it. If he didn't get cut by the Ravens, and had to go do another physical. They never would have found this. And. Every organization that he's been a part of has reached out and said how good of a person he was. Never really saw the field like that. He's, he's one of those guys who's like a practice squad player. Yeah. And these guys are coming out, and everybody has his back. Everybody's supporting him. Peyton Manning, the class act that Peyton Manning is. Now, you might hate him because you see his face everywhere, and he's oversaturating himself, but he's making the money, so you can't fault him for that. But he even came out, and he sent the man texts. He said, anything you need, I got your back. The Green Bay Packers came out and said, anything you need, we've got you. All the teams that he's played for have, you know, stepped up to the plate and said, you know what, that we're sorry that we missed this, but we're glad that it was found. You know, and his brother has been in contact with Peyton Manning. And, you know, that's, to me, just the fact that the brotherhood of the NFL is still there, despite all the other scandals and, you know, the wife beaters and the drugs and this, that, and the third. There are still good people in that league, and there's still people that will go to bat because. But you never hear about the good people in the league, right? Because they're doing the, they're they're following the rules, right? Which is why I, I was really happy. Like, I'm, it's unfortunate he had to be diagnosed with cancer, but you know the situation that it was where they found it. It's like wow, like that's crazy. Like you never he, he could have dropped dead on the field a couple years from now, nobody would have known why. And now you know he has all these guys that have his back, and that that made me. Made me think back to my playing days, and you know there were guys that, you know, who's like, there's one guy, um, his dad died, and you know, the team, 
went in uniform to the funeral. You know, there was a guy that ended up passing away from cancer, Mike Staub. You know, me and a couple guys went down to see him down at University of Penn almost every day until he passed. You know, so it takes me back to those days and thinking that the brotherhood and the camaraderie is still there. That that was that's the one thing that I love the most about football. So to see these guys stepping up for one person who is a nobody. It's not like it was, you know, Carson Wentz or, you know, Tom Brady or something like that. Yeah, like, yeah. No, this was a fifth string tight end that these guys are like stepping up for. Like that that's still it was it what's the phrase? It gives me hope. It gives me hope that there's still some good people out there in all walks of life. Just because you're one of fifty three, you're still one. Exactly. Paul. So Exactly. All right, brother. I know you have an event to get to. Yeah, I got uh, got band practice tonight. Always fun. I got uh, to go take care of the family. Yeah, it's the two different lifestyles. All right, well, in that case, ladies and gentlemen, it's always been a pleasure. I am Jim Leahy. I am Christopher Brissa. We're signing off. Hope to talk to you next time. You're going to get got. Peace. Hey, Joey. It's 10 of 10. Your breakfast is ready. Go on down. Come on down, Joey. Come on. That was it. What? Hello. Hello. That's it for the Emma and Lily Show. Bye. Bye.